Welcome to the Assembly of Yahweh Sermon Podcast. We're so glad you're here. For more information, you can visit hallelujah.org or download the AOI app on Apple or Google Play. Tearing down the walls. You know, we've had much reason to think on this in the last couple years in this assembly, but the truth of the matter is, life is full of obstacles, isn't it? Um, many things that seem to hinder us from the path that we think we want to take or that we should take. And sometimes they, these obstacles come as just little small bumps in the road, really more of an inconvenience than anything else. Um, you know, these obstacles are easy. These walls are easy to tear down, easy to conquer. My granddaddy was fond of saying about things of that nature. He would say, it's easier to plow around the stumps. Doesn't that make great sense? It's easy to plow around the stumps. And sometimes, though, the obstacles that we face in our life are a little bit more difficult. Uh, These are the things that we can't plow around, but that we must plow through. I'll give you a few examples of that. If anybody and most of you in here have children or have had children, you know the first 10 years are just joy and happy, you know. And and then there comes a time for most kids when they become teenagers where there's about a 10-year period there as parents where, you know, we just try to keep from killing them, you know. I mean, we have to just plow through about 10 years and then hope that they come out better in the end. Um, if you've been married for more than a week, you've probably come through the same instances like this, you know, where, you know, it's something that pops up, some obstacle in your life that pops up, and, you know, whatever it is, you know, it's one of those things that seems huge, and, and you just have to kind of plow through it, sometimes in our jobs, sometimes in our finances, Whatever it is, life is full of those instances and those obstacles that we have to plow through. And then sometimes in our life, sometimes we're faced with obstacles that just seem so daunting as to seem impossible. And that's where many of us are at today, even here in this assembly. Something that seems so large and it seems so huge and there's no way around it and no way over it and no way through it and you just don't know where to go or what to do. You know, to the Israelites coming out of Egypt, they faced something like that. If you remember when they got to the Red Sea and they had the Red Sea in front of them and Pharaoh's army behind them, nowhere to go and it seemed impossible to get through. Um to Joshua and Caleb and what's left of their generation here in Joshua chapter 6. It's the walls of Jericho. Jericho was the most formidable city uh, in the Canaan land, and, and it was, had a huge wall around it and a great army, and so here they're faced with that. And so many instances in the Bible where people are up against these seemingly impossible odds and these seemingly impossible obstacles that are in our lives. To Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, you remember it was a fiery furnace. To Daniel, it was a den of lions. To Yeshua, it was a crushing reality of what lay before him on Calvary. 
To you and me, it could be a thousand different things that are so beyond our control that we just feel helpless to do anything about them. But let me remind you in your helplessness, let me remind you of this, that in all of these instances that I quoted from the Bible and dozens or perhaps hundreds more that are contained in there, um, what seemed impossible for man to conquer became a way for Yahweh to be honored, didn't it? I mean, the Red Sea parted, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego didn't even smell like smoke. Three days later, Yeshua was raised from the dead. You see, I believe with all my heart what the Bible says when it says that all things work together for good to those who love Yahweh and those who are called according to His purpose. All things. Good things, bad things, easy things, hard things. Henry Ford talked about obstacles, and he said obstacles are those frightful things you see when you take your eyes off your goal. And somebody else said this, and it's very appropriate, I think, for what I'm trying to talk about this morning. They said that being challenged in life is inevitable. Being defeated is optional, he said. So if we're to conquer these obstacles that come our way, what do we do? How do we do it? Well, the first thing that I'll tell you and is this. We have to believe with faith. We have to believe with faith. Verse 2 there, chapter 6, verse 2. Yahweh says to Joshua, See, I have given Jericho into your hand. It's king and the mighty men of, of valor, he says. This is a promise that Yahweh had made to Joshua. This wasn't the first time, by the way, Joshua had heard that. Turn backwards about three pages in your Bible to Joshua chapter 1. Verse 1, it says, After the death of Moses, the servant of Yahweh, it came to pass that Yahweh spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise and go over this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving them, the children of Israel. And notice this. I mean, he, you know, he's, the picture that he's painting here, he says, Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you, as I said to Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, to the great sea, toward the going down of the sun, all of this shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. And I will not leave you nor forsake you. What a great promise. Yahweh said, Joshua, this is your land and this is what I promised to Moses and I'm faithful to my word and you're going to see this come true. And he paints for him this picture of the grandness of this land. Every place that you put your foot on, even to the setting of the sun, all of this land is going to be, is going to be yours. But I'd say this to you as well, this is not even the first time that Joshua has heard this same thing. Forty years prior, you remember, they were in the exact same spot, and Yahweh gave this exact same promise to Moses. If you'll just take them over, 
to this land that I'm going to give to you, this land that was described as a land flowing with milk and honey. Remember, Caleb and Joshua were the only two of the 12 spies that they sent over there that, that, that said that they could actually take it. And, that's, and Joshua said, let's go and let's take it. Nobody's going to be able to stand against us. Forty years of promise now, 14,600 days approximately, Joshua's been hanging on to this promise of Yahweh, and he's not going to quit until he sees it through. You see, Joshua is doing what we need to do in our life when we have these obstacles and things that come in our life. He's believing with faith. He's believing with faith. He knows that Yahweh's word can be counted on. And, and you know, sometimes our biggest obstacles in life when difficulties come, sometimes our biggest obstacles are our own self, isn't it? You ever think about that? Somebody said there'll be plenty of difficult obstacles in your path. Don't allow yourself to become one of them. We're supposed to be people of faith, people who walk by faith and, and, who, and not necessarily by sight. And this is what that means when things start to get real in your life and in mine. And when you're staring up at those walls that you can't climb or dig under or go through, when this obstacle, whatever it is that's in your life, seems so great that you see no way forward, then I tell you this, believe with faith in the word of Yahweh because his word is always true. Isaiah 41.10 says, Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am Yahweh, and I will strengthen you, and I will help you, and I will withhold you with my righteous right hand, he says. That is a promise that we can take to the bank. We need to be people who live by faith. Joshua himself at the end of this book. Now, when his time comes time of, of his death is coming near, this is what he reminded the people of, and it's so important, I think, for us today. This is what he said, Joshua 23, verse 14. And he said, And now I'm about to go the way of all the earth. And you know in your hearts that not one word has failed of all the good things that Yahweh your Elohim promised concerning you. All have come to pass, and not one of them has failed. We have to be people who believe with faith. Here's sort of where, where you know, what it boils down to, I think. I think... It really boils down to this. When these obstacles, whatever they are, happen in our life, and they are going to happen if you live long enough, the real question is this. In your mind, what's bigger, the obstacle that's before you or Heavenly Father who goes before us? You see, and sometimes, though, you know, those things seem so scary and they seem so frightening those are the very times when we have to believe with faith, when we have to believe with faith. The second thing I'll tell you about this, about tearing down these walls that may be in your life, not only do we have to believe with faith, but we have to be 
willing to uh, follow instructions. We have to be willing to follow instructions. These are the instructions that Yahweh gave to Joshua about conquering this great fortified city. Verse 3, You shall march around the city, all you men of war. You shall all go around the city once, and this you shall do for six days. Now, this is the point where if I would have been there, I would have probably interjected something like this. I'd have probably at least thought this. Yeah, so while everybody else is marching around and we're distracting them, you know, I'm going to get together a commando team and we're going to put five pounds of C4 explosive on the southwest corner and we're going to blow this thing up and we're all going to go in there. Or, you know, we'd put an aerosol team in there or, you know, whatever it was, we're going to dig under or tunnel under from somewhere else because when, when Yahweh says to Joshua, you're going to march around the city for six days and, and, and then one time, and then on the seventh day you're going to march around it seven times, and then you're going to blow a horn, and then you're going to shout, and the walls are going to come down. I don't know if I'm the only one who thinks that doesn't sound like a great plan. You, under, you know what I'm saying? That doesn't sound like a great plan to me. There's no dynamite involved in it, no blowing up of things. There's, you know, we're going to march. He said, this is what you're to do. You're to march around the city. And then at the end, you're to shout and you're to blow trumpets. And the walls are going to fall down. Um, and it doesn't, I said, it doesn't seem like a great plan. But here's what I know. I've lived long enough to know this. I've lived long enough to come to understand that Yahweh's instructions for us are not always convenient. They don't always make sense. They're very often things that we don't want to do. But He gives us those instructions for a reason, doesn't He? You know, we have to remember his ways are so much higher than our ways. I don't understand why this was the plan that he had, but I don't need to understand because this is what I know, and we, this is sort of a running joke almost in our Sabbath Bible study. This is not original. This quote's not original to me. I wish it were, but um, here's what I know. Obedience is not complicated, is it? Did you get that? Obedience is not complicated. He says do, we do. That's the way that it should be. Uh, we have to follow instructions. And what we have here in our possession, if you've got a Bible with you or on you, hold it up and shake it at me or something this morning. Four people in this place. There you go, shake it at me. Okay, this Bible, this book, this thing that you hold in your hand that you're shaking at me, let me tell you what this is not. It's not a paperweight. It's not an accessory. It's not just a best-selling book in, in all of history. It, it, what this is is the greatest instruction manual for your life and mine that's ever been written. And, and we have the answer to any question, any issue that's in our life. We have the answer to that. 
contained within this book or on your phone or however however you have the Bible. This is a guide for us to live an obedient life. And, and the only part of this whole thing that, that is effective to us in any kind of way is the part that we choose to obey. Isn't that right? So why are we here today? We could be doing anything on Tuesday. You could be at work or sleeping late. We're here because our Heavenly Father said you're supposed to gather on this day. He didn't have to explain to me why. It should be good enough because he said. And the same thing is true of this marching around Jericho. Even though that doesn't necessarily make sense to me, and I can guarantee you it didn't make sense to any of them, the truth of the matter is he doesn't have to make sense to us. Our obligation to him is that we will be obedient. Does anybody agree with that? I mean, that is our obligation, is that we would be, be obedient. 2 Timothy 3, just a few verses. You don't have to turn there, but you can if, if you want. 2 Timothy 3 says, But you must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of, knowing from whom you've learned them, and that from childhood you've known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith which is in Yeshua Messiah. And then it says this, All Scripture is given by inspiration of Yahweh. It literally means it's breathed by Him. All Scripture is given by inspiration of Yahweh and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Why? That the man of Yahweh may may be complete and thoroughly equipped for every good work. This is all we need. And there's nothing wrong with self-help books, and there's nothing wrong with biblical commentaries and all that stuff, but I'm telling you, this is what we need. We need to do what the Word says to do, and not what somebody else says the Word says to do. You know, know what to do. Follow instructions. March, he said. Uh, the problem, though, for us, and I, and I know and understand, the problem is that Sometimes, just, you know, and I was trying to make a joke about if I'd been there, you know, I'd have tried to blow the wall up while people were distracted. But that's exactly what we do. We know what the Word says, but sometimes we want to interject our own little part of that. Or we think, well, you know, I can shortcut here or cut a corner there or do it more efficient or do it better, you know, if we just do this. And again, I say that obedience is absolutely not complicated not complicated march around the city you shall march around at once do that for six days seven priests uh, go before the ark the seventh day march around the city seven times the priests blow the horn walls come down see how simple and see how easy that is we have to we have to follow instructions um and then we have, and then this as well. I thought, you know, Yahweh could have tore the walls down of this city on day one, couldn't he? Could have tore them down on day one. He could have said, march around the city one time, shout and blow the horn, wall's going to come down. But he didn't. And he didn't do it on day two or day three or day four. 
he said, you're going to march around six days, and then on the seventh day, you're going to go seven times around, and this is going to be the day that the walls come down. I thought about that, and I thought about my life and how I am, and I don't know you, I don't know your heart, but I know me, and I know how I am, and I know that for me, sometimes, can I tell you Sometimes I get discouraged. Even doing what I think is the right thing to do, sometimes I get discouraged. And sometimes, you know, I want to quit on day three or on day four because I'm walking around and I see no evidence. You know, and I feel like I'm just trudging along with my head down and, and isn't that just a way of life, though, sometimes? I mean, if we were all honest with ourselves, I think we could probably say that about ourselves. Sometimes it's just so discouraging, and sometimes you just want to throw up your hands. Listen, don't quit. Don't quit. I think about what Paul said over there in Philippians chapter 3. He said, I press on. I'm pressing on. You know, I'm not quitting. If you Imagine if they had quit on day six. They never would have seen the walls come down. And, and sometimes I think that's what happens to us. Again, I'm, I'm, I know I'm painting with a broad brush, but I'm just telling you, I know people, and I've been around people for a long time, and I know how they are. And sometimes, you know, we, we're just chugging along and chugging along, and I mean, we're right at the end, and sometimes people just quit. Think about it. Think about in this assembly. Think about how many people you've seen come in and out of these doors in the time that you've been here. They come in, you know, and, and boy, they're on fire for about a month. And then all of a sudden, you kind of quit seeing them every Sabbath, and you start seeing them about three times a month, and then you start seeing them twice a month, and then you start seeing them once a month, and then you start seeing them once a quarter, and then you see them once a year at feast time. And I wonder what happened to those people. I'll tell you what happened. They got discouraged and they quit. And it was just a flash in the pan. And, and, and I'm telling you, we have to be so careful of that. And we particularly have to be so careful of that when these obstacles come in our life. When these things that are so difficult come in our life, that's the very time that we need to buckle down. That's the very time that we can't afford to quit. Follow instructions. Know what to do. Don't quit. I like this, um, and I, I didn't read this in the Scripture reading this morning, but I'll read it to you now. Verse 10, Joshua's given now these instructions that Yahweh's given to him. Uh, and Joshua, this is what it says, Joshua commanded the people saying, you shall not shout or make any noise with your voice, nor shall a word proceed out of your mouth until the day that I say to you, shout, and then you shall shout. Sometimes we need to know what not to say or not, what not to do, right? And if I read this right, and I believe I do, Joshua is telling the people, he's saying, you can't talk at all this week and here's why I think that is I think because 
Do you understand how powerful your words are? Your words are powerful, and the things that you say, the things that come out of your mouth can have a profound effect on the way you think or the way you feel, and not only that, but on the way people around you think and people around you feel. And like I said, with a crazy plan like this out there, don't you imagine all them soldiers are going to be talking about it at night? What would you do today? We walked around the city once today. And I bet you some of them would have been murmuring, this ain't never going to work. Craziest thing I've ever heard of. It ain't never going to work. And listen, here's what happens. That person that he says that to now begins to think, this ain't never going to work. And that person says to the one beside him, this ain't never going to work. And before you know it, you know, it's just like a fire. And that's what James talked about, the power of the tongue. It's kindled as such a little tiny thing, but boy, it just blossoms in to an inferno. And I think that's why those instructions here where Joshua said, you don't say a word until I tell you to. So we have to follow instructions, the things we ought to do and also the things we shouldn't do. Because the Bible's full of stuff that we ought to do, but it also gives us, you know, a million different examples of things we shouldn't be doing as well. Okay? Tearing down walls, these obstacles in your life or in mine, we have to follow instructions. And then... And then we need to do this. What I said we have to start with faith, and that is a great place to start with faith. But faith that doesn't produce action is dead. And so what started as an act of faith must now proceed with faith. And I don't know if any of that makes sense, but I hope it will when I get done here. So... so Yahweh gives Joshua the plan, and Joshua relays the plan. And, and verse 11 says this, And so he had the ark of Yahweh circle the city, going around it once. And then they came into the camp, and they lodged in the camp. Whew, what a day. Probably didn't even get their feet dusty. Don't you imagine, by the way, the people of Jericho were probably up there on the walls looking down and wondering. I bet they thought this is a trick. You know, surely that something is about to happen, and they're watching them. They walk around the city, and they just leave. Verse 12, And Joshua rose early in the morning, and the priests took up the ark. And the seven priests, bearing seven trumpets of ram horns, before the ark went on continually and blew with the trumpets and the armed men went, but the rear guard came after the ark and while the priests continued blowing the trumpets and the second day they marched around the city once and returned to camp and so they did it six days. Now, here's what I want you to imagine for just a minute and I'm talking about what begins with faith must proceed in an act of faith. Here's what I want you to see, and I want you to put yourself in the position of any of these people who are marching around this city for six days. Day one, you march around and nothing happens. You with me? Day two, you march around and nothing happens. 
day three comes, you get up, boy, you're excited, you know. Something's going to happen today. Day three, you march around the city, and guess what happens? Nothing happens. You know, by the time they get about five days into this thing, if, again, if we're honest with one another, if we had been there, at least I know me, I would have been looking for some cracks in the wall, right? I would expect at least a brick to fall out or, you know, something, see a little dirt running out here. Or, I don't know what, but I, what, here's what I would have, I feel like I would have wanted to see some kind of evidence that what I'm doing is the right thing to do. Does, is, does this make sense to anybody? I mean, this is the way we are. You know, six days walking around and nothing happened, and I'm wondering what in the world is going on here. But, but listen, this is where the rubber really meets the road on our walk of faith. It's not in how we start that's important. It's in how we finish. And somewhere along the way, sometimes we're looking for some evidence that may or may not be seen to us yet because our timing and Yahweh's timing is very often different, isn't it? I mean, we want some, I want what I want when I want it. Am I the only person who's like that? I don't like to wait. I want what I want when I want it, but I, but I know it's because of, of, you know, who I am, and I have to realize Yahweh doesn't work inside of my time constraints. And while I may not see the evidence of His work in my life, I have to continue to proceed with my walk of faith, believing in the end that I am going to see that evidence. Somebody? Am I right? I mean, I have to keep going, believing that I'm going to see the evidence. I have to believe that that wall is going to come down. I don't want to quit on day six. And I can't do day seven's work on day one. You know, I can't just jump to the end. Sometimes Yahweh puts us in a position where, you know, we just have to endure. We have to keep trudging on, right? And nowhere in His Word does it say He's going to just snatch us out of every obstacle that we find ourselves in. It does, however, say He gives us grace sufficient, hallelujah, to go through whatever it is that we're going through. Yahweh's timing is perfect and ours is not. And we have to know that and understand that. I'm certain Mary and Martha thought Yeshua's timing was off by at least four days when he, when he didn't come and save their brother. But look at how that turned out, you know. And I'm sure they thought it was, you know, that, that they thought that he should have come when they called. It's natural to question, I think, Yahweh's timing, particularly when we're faced with, with obstacles and issues and things in our life that seem to be so overwhelming. It's natural for us to question, but we have to continue with faith. I thought about Matthew chapter 14. This is the account of Peter walking on the water. And it says that after they had fed the 5,000, that Yeshua sent the disciples away into a boat, and he went away, didn't go with them. And while they got out on that boat, um, it said that, that 
the boat was in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, and the wind was contrary. I mean, this storm blows up, and they're afraid for their life. And I imagine the conversation in that boat might have looked something, might have sounded something like this: "Well, where's Yeshua when we need him? Right? Where's he at?" I know he can do it. We just saw him feed 5,000 people with a lunchbox from a kid. And now we're out here, we're about to sink and we're all going to drown. And where is he at? I don't see the evidence of him being in this boat. And then it says this. Don't, and, and this is put there for a reason. In the middle of all that dialogue, it says, In the fourth watch, Yeshua came to him walking on the sea. Three o'clock in the morning. See, they had been out there floating and banging and beating and waves coming in and wind blowing and lightning popping and, you know, probably huddled up together just waiting at any time to get swamped and sunk. Three o'clock in the morning. Now here comes Yeshua just cruising in across on the ocean, walking on the water. And I say that to say this to you, that... Sometimes Yahweh's timing for us seems to be right at the last minute. Sometimes we're hanging on by our fingertips when he comes through. And that's exactly, I think, what happened in the story here of Joshua. You know, there six days they've walked around and now... On the seventh day, you know, they have this command to walk, you know, to walk around seven times and everybody's going to, you know, they're going to blow the horns and everybody's going to shout and these walls are going to come down. Boy, if they had quit on day six, they never would have seen those things. So, tearing down the walls in our life, we have to... Start with faith, and we have to proceed with faith. Knowing and believing that Yahweh's timing is perfect, and it always is. And finally, I'll say this to you, and I'll try to be brief. When it gets right down to it, having done what you can do, let Yahweh do what only He can do. Does that make sense? Having done what you can do, let Yahweh do what only he can do. Verse 20 says, And so the people shouted when the, when the priest blew the trumpets, and it happened that when the people heard the sound of the trumpet and the people shouted with a great shout, that the wall fell down flat. Wasn't such a silly idea after all, was it? The wall fell down flat. And then the people went up into the city, every man straight before him, and they took the city. I firmly believe with all my heart that sometimes Yahweh wants to work in our life in such a way that there's absolutely no way possible that anybody can see that that was done any other way except by his hand. Because he wants to get the glory for what happens in our life. And, and so, you know, if I can do it on my own, then I don't even need him. 
But I think that we need to do our part and we need to let him do his part in our life. And that's just so true. Listen, they were obedient. Even though they probably didn't understand what this plan was, they knew simply what he said to do. They walked around six days. They walked around on the seventh day. They shouted and they blew the trumpets. And guess what? The walls came down. And it says here that they fell down flat. You get that? They fell down flat. Rhonda and I watched an interesting documentary some years ago, and, and it was an excavation of ancient Jericho, which, by the way, Joshua said nobody's going to build on this. You know, we're going to destroy this city. Nobody's going to build here again. And we watched an interesting documentary about that. They were doing archaeological evidence, and they had a... They had, um, a forensic artist like this guy who goes in and he looks at, at archaeological sites and he sketches it out and draws it out, kind of like Lisa, an artist, you know. He draws the things out and he drew then this city of Jericho. What was this city of Jericho? And this is what they found. They found that the city was indeed defended by walls that were approximately 30 feet thick. Imagine that. 30 feet thick walls. And lo and behold, it must have been an earthquake or a hurricane or something. Dust devil blew through. I don't know what it was. But when they drew it all out, this is what they found. They found that something happened in ancient history that knocked the walls of this place down flat. Flat. And they drew pictures of them, and it literally looked like sort of like playing cards when you lay them out. That was just two, 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 just these, except for one section of the wall that didn't fall down and they couldn't figure it out. Anybody know what the one section was? Rahab, yeah. One section didn't fall down. But, but, they, but this evidence clearly shows you know, that whatever, now they don't know what happened. You know, it seems to me, why can't we just, it seems absurd to me not to believe what the Bible says happened, that the walls fell down flat. And, and by the way, I hope you understand, I don't know how many soldiers and warriors and people Joshua had under his command at this point in time, but this is what I can tell you. They did not have the power to tear these walls down. There was only one who, who could. And so they did what their part was, and they let Yahweh do what his part is. And sometimes it's easy for us to get kind of out of, you know, camber there. You know, we start wanting to do his work when we need to be more involved in doing our own. Um, one of the songs that we did this morning, and I appreciate this worship team so much, um, the first song we did, and these are some of the lyrics, and I took pictures of them. I wanted to remember. It says, Move the immovable and break the unbreakable. You remember singing that? Y'all, we believe. Y'all, we believe for it. From the impossible, we'll see a miracle. Y'all, we believe. Y'all, we believe for it. He is in the business of doing miracles, but not if we try to do his job. So we need to do what our part is and let him do what his part is. Um, 1 Kings chapter 18, I'll give you a perfect example of that. 
1 Kings chapter 18 is the account of Elijah with the prophets of Baal on Mount Carmel. And you'll remember uh, that for certain. Um, 1 Kings 18, 25, Elijah said to the prophets, Choose one bull for yourselves and prepare it for your many and call on the name of your God and put no fire under it. And so they chose a bull and um, and, and, and they did, you know, they were here they were, you know, dancing around and cutting themselves and doing all this stuff and nothing happened, nothing happened. And there's a big crowd, I'm sure they're watching to see, you know, what's exactly what's going to come of this. And verse 30 says, Elijah said to the people, come near to me. And all the people came and he repaired the altar of Yahweh that was broken down. He took 12 stones according to the number of the tribes and, and, he, and, and then he, with the stones he built an altar in the name of Yahweh and he made a trench around the altar large enough to hold seed and he put wood in order and he cut the bull in pieces and he laid it in the wood. And then he said this and I love this and I like to be reminded of this often. Fill four water pots with water and pour it on the burnt sacrifice and on the wood. They were waiting to see which God was going to, you know, consume this sacrifice with fire. And Elijah said, here's what you do. You know, get a bunch of water and pour it on mine. And they poured it on there and it said they, they put so much water, you know, that the trench was full. And he said, that's not enough water. Put some more water on it. Bring me more water. He said, more water. And they soaked this thing down. And, and of course, we know what happened. And I say all that to say this to you. Elijah did what he could do. You know, he did what he could do. And he relied on Yahweh to do what only he can do. And listen, that's the way we have to be in our lives when we're faced with these obstacles and when we're faced with things, when there's walls in our life that need to be torn down. We need to be people who start in faith and continue in faith, and we need to be, we need to be people who follow instructions and do what he says. But at the end of the day, we need to be people who rely not on our own selves, not on the power within us, not on the people around us, but when we rely solely on Yahweh to do what only He can do. Because He is the only one. He is the only one. And I pray that that's true for you in your life in these times when these obstacles come. Father, we do thank you today again for this time, and we thank you for your word, and I pray that you would help us, Father, that we would be people who are obedient to you and father that we would walk by faith and that we'd live by faith and that we would rely on you to do the things that only you can do so that you can get the glory for everything that's done in our lives and we pray these things in yeshua's name hallelujah